Welcome to The Dialogue, the podcast of the College of Arts and Sciences at Lehigh University. My name is Jack Lulley, Professor and Chair of the Department of Journalism and Communication. Today we're talking about the importance of journalism and the protection of journalism, given the political context of our day. I want to start with a few stories, troubling stories. James Foley was a young man working for Teach for America, but very much wanting to be a foreign correspondent. It was a tough dream to have in the early 2000s. There were few jobs, and in fact, news bureaus were being cut back around the world. In 2009, however, he decided to go out on his own, go overseas, be a freelance correspondent, and sell his stories to news organizations. It worked for a while. In 2011, while reporting on the Syrian civil war, Foley was kidnapped eventually held for ransom by a then little-known revolutionary group known as ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. For years, there was no word from him. Then in August 2014, ISIS uploaded a video to YouTube. It showed a hooded man denouncing the United States and then the beheading of James Foley. In Russia, investigative journalist Anna Politskaya was reporting fearlessly about Russian military abuses in Chechnya, including the torture and abduction of civilians by Russian soldiers. One Saturday afternoon, she came home with groceries to her Moscow apartment building, stepped into the elevator, and was shot to death. She had two gunshot wounds, one to the head. Saeed Tamil Ahmed was a popular radio journalist for Horn Africa in Mogadishu, Somalia. On his radio show, Ahmed had discussed the tense presidential elections contested by moderate and militant Islamic parties. Not long after the broadcast, as Ahmed walked through the Bakara market in Mogadishu, mass gunmen circled and shot him repeatedly, killing him instantly. He was survived by his wife and eight children. I'll stop there, but continue with hundreds of stories if I wanted. There's never been a more dangerous time to be a journalist. The Committee to Protect Journalists and the International Federation of Journalists estimate that more than 1,000 journalists and media workers have been killed in the line of duty over the last 10 years. They died in war zones. They died covering earthquakes, floods, and hurricanes. They died in drug raids. But perhaps 500 of them were specifically targeted, hunted down, and murdered because of their work. More troubling, the journalists die without justice. The Committee to Protect Journalists keeps what it calls an impunity index. It estimates that 90% of the murder of journalists worldwide go unsolved or simply not prosecuted. It's the ultimate form of censorship. The voice of the journalist is forever silent. The intimidating message chills newsrooms far and wide, and no one pays a price. Mexico, Russia, and the Philippines top the list of places where journalists are slaughtered with impunity. Each nation has its own groups who target journalists. In Mexico, drug cartels brazenly target journalists who dare to report on their trafficking and their wars against the police and rival cartels. In Russia, journalists who report on the separatist movement in Chechnya or the widespread fraud in Russian government and business are killed. In the Philippines, journalists covering political rivalry and conflict are always at risk. In the single worst killing of journalists on record, for example, 27 reporters in the Philippines were killed. 
They were covering a group of civilians who were registering a candidate in an upcoming election. The entire group, including the journalists, was massacred. Did not used to be this way. Though journalists were sometimes targeted because of their reporting on organized crime or the drug trade, the assassination of a journalist was relatively rare and was met by public outcry. Journalists were primarily at physical risk in war zones. Now, in our age of terrorism and political intimidation, the entire world can be a war zone. Numerous forces compete for wealth and power within and across border these days, including governments, state militias, paramilitary groups, political parties, drug cartels, religious organizations, insurgents, corporations, terrorists, and others. All of these groups can be threatened by the work of a crusading reporter. All have targeted reporters. Here in the United States, journalism seldom feared for their lives and livelihoods. People and politicians might not have always agreed with the press. They may have complained loudly about the press, but did not threaten the press. But the climate now is darker. We now have politicians who call journalists the enemy of the American people. That phrase has an ugly history and sinister implications. In the French Revolution, the enemies of the people were sent to the guillotine. In Nazi Germany, the enemies of the people were sent to gas chambers. In Stalinist Russia, the enemies of the people were sent to labor camps. To label a group the enemy of the people invites persecution and violence. Rather than threatening its own journalists, the United States, still the world's leading democracy, should be leading the way to protect journalists here and abroad. Journalism is at the core of democracy. I want to close this perhaps dark podcast with words of hope. As many of you know, executive editor of the Washington Post, Marty Barron, is a Lehigh journalism alum. He's attained international stature, having been involved with a number of Pulitzer Prize stories, including the story dramatized in the Oscar-winning movie Spotlight. He's accepted this stature. Katie Couric recently called him the Dean of American Journalism and has become a quiet but effective spokesman for the importance of a free press around the world. We will end with his words. The ultimate defense of press freedom, Marty says, lies in our daily work. Many journalists wonder with considerable weariness what it's going to be like for us during the next four, perhaps eight years. Will we be incessantly harassed and vilified? Will the new administration seize on opportunities to try and intimidate us? Will we face obstruction at every turn? If so, what do we do? The answer, I believe, is pretty simple. Just do our job. Do it as it's supposed to be done. I'm Jack Woolley of the Department of Journalism and Communication in the College of Arts and Sciences at Lehigh. Thanks for listening.